Hello wonderful pals, I'm so happy you're here. My name is Soph, I use they, them pronouns. That's what we're gonna do this week. Sometimes it's he, him, so uh, yeah, so anyway. Um, hi, I'm so happy you're here. You're listening to This Composed Mess. This is my podcast. I am a 23-year-old non-binary queer lesbian. I identify as transgender, and this is just kind of a platform that I get to use to talk about random stuff, so I am so happy you're here. Y'all truly have been, like, the kindest, most supportive people, and I know that a lot of people, like, will be like, oh my god, I love my Paul. But, like, no, seriously, y'all have been amazing and genuine and kind, and I see the reviews that you're leaving on Apple Podcasts. I also see the one-star ones that make me crack up, because there's no comments whatsoever. It's just people that, um, don't like the person that I am. Um, but I'm thankful you're here. So, without further ado, um, let's get started. I kind of like to dive in a little bit, just kind of do a check-in with all of y'all. This week has not been the greatest. It also hasn't been the worst. I am in week six of my one class and kind of, it's basically, I have two, three more weeks of classes and then my bot's going to get kicked and I have finals. I'm working like 40 hour weeks and life's just been pretty busy. I really miss my partner and due to the border still not being open to the UK citizens coming to, into the US, we still haven't booked a plane ticket. So I'm going on five months without seeing my partner, which I know a lot of people have it a lot worse, but not ideal when it's like a fresh relationship with someone that you love and adore and want to marry and um, have children with. So I really miss my partner a lot and that has for sure not been affecting my mental health terribly, but at the same time, you know, we're allowed to miss people. We're allowed to feel lonely and have those emotions. So that's how I'm feeling. I would love to say, how are you feeling? If you want to take a minute, just share out loud how you're feeling. I'll listen. Ready? Ready? <gasps> Okay, that was great. Thank you. I'm very happy you could share those emotions with me. No, but seriously, this is a time that we get to kind of chat, whether you're doing homework, whether you are driving to or from work or driving somewhere, hanging out, you're jade chilling, drinking some coffee, get a beverage. Welcome to the party. I'm happy you're here. This week, I want to talk a lot on um, being a Christian camp counselor, which is a joy and something that I've thought about a lot, and so I want to talk a little bit more on it, share this part of myself, because this is truly a part of my life that I want so badly to be so composed and put together, but it was so messy, and there were so many behind-the-scenes things that I didn't share with people, didn't talk about, that I finally unpacked, and I think it's important to address it, because I want people that are experiencing these types of things to not feel alone in them, and I'm at a point mentally where I am comfortable sharing them, and I know that later in life, even as a practicing counselor, they will be part of my story that I will be open to share with clients, so I'm happy you're here, and let's get started. Let's talk a little bit more. Welcome. Okay, so the year is... 2015 and I so deeply badly crave to be a YMCA camp counselor and let's explain how we get to this point (laughs) right like that music in the scene where you're like how did I get here no but seriously so I was 11 years old when I first attended my camp um for a lot of pals listening to this they know exactly what camp I'm talking about but I'm not gonna out that camp um I will say it was a YMCA camp just to give like religious affiliation wise but I'm not going to say the camp name. That's not appropriate. So I wanted so badly to be a camp counselor because the first year I attended my camp, it was YMCA camp, and I was about 11 or 12 years old, and I was in equestrian camp, and I hated it. I hated the whole entire experience, and I didn't like uh, chapel. I didn't like the environment I was put in. I hated being uncomfortable, right? I was someone filled with so much anxiety as a kid, 
and I didn't like camp. And so I came home that summer telling my parents how badly I hated camp. They laughed because I had sent them a letter that they put on the fridge of like, Mom and Dad, please pick me up. I hate this camp. But it was Thursday and they had to pick me up Saturday morning. So it was like really silly to come and pick me up. So the next summer came around and my mom and dad were like, okay, instead of doing equestrian camp, let's send you to regular camp. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to go. But like, if you insist, I guess I will. So my mom and dad dropped me off at camp and I'm at camp and that week changed so much for me. I, I, I walked into my cabin and I was greeted by these two beautiful, tall, blonde women. And I was like, wow, I want to look like them. They were like so pretty. And you know, at the age of 12 and 13, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I think I was 12, but I just remember looking up to them. And it's funny now looking back and like, they were just 19 year olds, like, right. But I just, I wanted to look as pretty as they did when I got older and I spent the whole week admiring my counselors and seeing them sing in chapel. And I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. And like them talking about like beauty and society and like feeling pretty in the people that we are and et cetera. And I was like, wow, I, I really agree with them. Like, wow, they're so nice. They're so cool. Chapel can be really fun. The music's really good. And like I got really, really involved in camp and the people and the friends I was making. And I really just absolutely adored it. And so I... Um, fell in love with camp and I made a lot of friends and I started to recognize like how badly I wanted to be a camp counselor when I got older and I decided I was going to become my camp counselors in order to get the job like I left that summer and I was like I want to be like my camp counselors when I get older like this is what I want to do like I can't wait till I become old enough that I can be a camp counselor and the way that my camp was set up was that you had day camp counselors so at the as after you did your junior year of high school, you could be either a senior in high school, a junior or senior in high school, question mark, yeah, you could be a day camp counselor. So you would hang out with the day camp kids, but you would live in the resident cabins with the resident camp counselors and the res resident campers. Um, so I was like, right away, I'm going to be a day camp counselor. And then after you finished your freshman year of college, you could be a resident camp counselor, which basically was like in charge of the sleepaway campers. So I was like, I'm going to be a day camp counselor because the day camp counselor in that cabin was great. I'm like, I just, this is what I want to do. This is, this is who I want to be. And so I kept going to camp year after year, meeting these counselors that were beautiful and they were all in sororities and they all talked about their sororities and they talked about college very appropriately and like how they made friends and how they used to look like me when they were younger and they came to find the self-acceptance and they found God in their life and they loved their religion and they prayed every night with us and sang really cool songs in chapel and closed their eyes and lifted their arms up to pray for God and I was like, this is what I want to do, like this is cool, like wow and they some of them had tattoos like bible tattoos and they had friendship bracelets and they were they were just these cool people that I idolized right I wanted to be the camp counselor and the older I got and the more I became like a teenage camper at the age of 15 it was my last summer and I was like I want to be my counselors like if I can do anything <laughs> I so badly want to be a counselor and so I finished my last year as a camper, and then I went into camper and leadership training, which is you're still a camper, but you're treated kind of like an underpaid counselor, but you're being observed the entire time, and you are still technically a camper. You are paying to be there. You're not making any money whatsoever. Um, and I hated it. I hated that year. I felt like I didn't um, belong to the cliques that the counselors had created and like 
Right, so the, the, the camper and leadership counselors were counselors that had been around the summer camp for a while, right? This was like their third or fourth or tenth year being a counselor. And they had the privilege of, like, being in charge of the silts, which was, like, a higher honor than being a regular resident counselor. And the silt counselors had their favorite campers that then came to be silts, and I just wasn't one of them. And I I didn't, I won't say I, I was treated differently, but I for sure didn't fit in. And I felt really isolated and really lonely. And, like, I had friends in the SILT program, but, like, the counselors, I just, I wasn't sure if they really liked me, and they had their favorites that, like, and then they were making, like, the counselors were making bracelets for some of the campers, but not all the counselors, that's a whole other thing. Counselors were making bracelets for campers, but not every, like, camper, and that is predatory. Anyway, um, so I just felt really uncomfortable, and I really started to, like, doubt myself of, like, how could I be a day camp counselor? Because I really liked being a counselor in leadership training. I got to hang out with uh, campers and kind of be a counselor, but not really. And like, I got to hang out with other counselors and I like thought that I was doing a really good job of being a silt, but I just didn't feel like the silt counselors really liked me. And so uh, after those two weeks, I felt really defeated and I started to recognize that I was so badly wanting to be like the counselors that I didn't really have a form of individuality. I had a very like bluntly cult mindset of like, I need to look and appear like, and camp, I'm not going to say is a cult, but like we all buy the same things. All the campers get the plastic drawers from the counselor, like, for, because the counselors have plastic drawers with all their clothes in them. So the campers need to have the plastic drawers and like, Everyone wears Nike running shorts, so you have to have the Nike running shorts. And everyone wears this type of bathing suit, so we all need to get this bathing suit. And everyone wears chacos, so you need to wear chacos. And it was like, it was just this pressure of like feeling like it was a very group minded environment. And being someone that was already different and queer, but not comfortable in that identity of me, like felt like a complete outsider. And I think that's a, a big part of why I repressed a lot of what was going on. So, I left my camper and leadership training year, and I graduated the SILT program, and I was so excited to apply as a day camp counselor. I was like, this is my year, and I only had to apply for day camp for one summer because, long story short, I'm an August birthday, so if I went before I turned 16, then I could go to camp, so I milked another year at camp because I went before I... It's a whole thing. So, I applied to be a day camp counselor, and I did my interview, and I... I sat down with a guy at a church environment. He like drove all the way out to do group interviews and I sat and I had this whole interview with him and I thought it went really well. Like I was passionate about camp. I talked about my love for camp. I talked about being a camper for five years. I talked about what a good counselor would be. I talked about my silt experience, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone was getting the calls about being day camp counselors and I got the rejection email. And that destroyed me. I was like, I have spent six years as a camper, or five, yeah, five, six years, five years as a camper wanting so badly to be a counselor. Like, I idolized this. This was how I was going to spend my summer. And I so badly wanted to fit in with the group and be a day camp counselor and all of my friends that were silts that were um, the silt camp counselors' favorites became day camp counselors. And part of me was like, did I not get it? Because maybe the silt counselors wrote a bad review from, like, I don't know. And that sucked. 
<laughs> that really sucked. And I look back now, like, I was an insecure teenager because I had so much pain in me. But also, I was an insecure teenager because I was being preached a form of Christianity that my brain just could not accept. And I want to dive into that. <laughs> and I'm going to be transparent about religious trauma and for those that aren't comfortable listening to that, I fully respect that and you do not have to listen. You do not have to listen to this podcast. You can easily, there are other ones that you. I would be more than happy to have you listen to. But I so badly wanted to be this game counselor and I recognized that I had shared in devotions that I wasn't practicing purity culture, that I had done things with the boy that I was seeing, that I was really stressed, that I was feeling depressed because I had a friend that was murdered uh, and I had a lot of grief and anxiety and depression, but I was truly in therapy and working on it. And Ed did, as did my peers, my peers just weren't open and talking about it. Like other peers came to me like, oh my God, it was so brave for you to share that because I'm, I'm also not practicing purity culture, but I'm not comfortable saying like some of the silk counselors favorites weren't practicing purity culture but they never said anything and I did and a big part of me was like is that why I didn't get the job like and it broke me of like I mean there's so many reasons I probably didn't get the job and I just hyper analyze right like I'm not a perfect person um but it really was incredibly embarrassing for me to be like I shouldn't have shared these things and maybe I would have gotten the job I shouldn't have been transparent and I maybe could have got the job And so instead of, like, growing from this and being mad of, like, you know what, screw camp, I'm not doing this anymore, I went um, into hyper, I'm going to be a resident camp counselor now. I didn't get day camp, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to be resident camp counselor after my freshman year of college. So, we go into my freshman year of college, and I join a sorority, because that's what my camp counselors did, and I attend... Uh, all these Christian college groups and I get really involved and I make sure I have the letters of rec for camp and I apply to the resident camp program the day applications come out I have my interview and I get the acceptance email in December saying that I will be a resident camp counselor and to tell you I was ecstatic does not explain the half of it I cried to my mom I vividly remember getting the email because it was right after I had taken my last final and I was packing up for winter break to like go home for a month and I got the email like an hour before my mom came to pick me up so then I got to share the news and we were talking about camp the entire way like way to my house it was I think a two-hour drive from Wisconsin and I was just pumped and I was so excited that Everything I had worked towards was getting to this point to be a camp counselor. And I had worked my butt off and I was going to be the perfect Christian camp counselor. And I wanted so badly to be like the camp counselors I had idolized as a teenager for so long. And that was what I was going to do. So we get to this point and, you know, the rest of the semester goes by and I'm like hardcore planning for camp. I like genuinely am in the Facebook group. I'm sharing a bit about myself. I'm trying to make friends on Facebook and the Facebook group of like new camp counselors. I'm like getting all the fun shirts. I'm making sure I have the bubble, everything that you could possibly think a camp counselor would have. I wanted to make sure I have it. I wanted to make sure I fit in. So I made sure I had the chacos and I made sure I had the plastic drawers and I made sure I had this kind of bathing suit, etc., etc. I was like, I'm going to fit in. I want this job so badly. This is the core being of who I want to be and so staff training comes around and I get to camp and I'm meeting all these new people 
And I realized that um, almost a lot, not all, a lot of the first year camp counselors were all day camp counselors with each other. So they all knew each other. And the second year counselors knew their day camp counselors that now were resident counselors with them. And the third year counselors had been there for a bit. So they knew people. And like, I felt like an outsider all over again. But instead of being the camper this time, I was a counselor. But the way that staff training set up is that you are basically a camper with a ton of other counselors for the week. So it's all these counselors together acting like campers. Like you go through the week of like figuring out who your cabin coworker is going to be. And you do, we call, it's funny because they call them partner pairings of like, who's going to be your partner for the summer? Which like to me now as a queer person is like (laughs) hilarious. I've had multiple partners. Just kidding. But, um, you have like all these things that you do and you're like set up in a cabin and you still have devotional. And I just, I didn't fit in and I really wanted to, And the whole week I was there, I was like, I've done everything in my power to be this person. I'm going to appear this way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to find my husband here. So I'm going to flirt with the guy counselors, but be appropriate. And like the first week as counselors, you have a lot of freedom. So like the nights, normally everyone would like go to the hall and like hang out that week. And it's just still everyone flirting with each other the whole entire time. And I just was, like, so desperate to be with someone and find someone and be this counselor that had a boyfriend, etc. And I just, I wanted it really badly. And so I just, I, I fell into the hole, the rabbit hole. And so I was a camp counselor that summer. And I was with two other coworkers that lived in my cabin with me. Normally, traditionally, of one, it was the three of us. And that summer... I was so distracted with my own self of trying to be the perfect counselor based on what my past counselors were like, right? And I for sure was loud and obnoxious and everything that I just can't stand for right now at this point in my life. Um, But a, a big thing that I've reflected on now is how gendered camp was. Like, yes, you have you have the boys and you have the girl cabins. But as counselors, like, they have the the manhunt, or the not the manhunt, they have the male, the man hike, okay? In order to be a man, they go, it's, this is something that I, like, have to reflect on, okay? As camp counselors, the first week you're there, you have staff training, as I have said. And so, they get all the women counselors together, and you go on a women's journey. And so, it's, like, this journey where oftentimes the girls, like, all walk throughout camp and listen to different um, women, like, support staff that are older women, like, talk about their journeys being counselors or just where they are in life and sharing their love of Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. And you get um, a catered, you get a catered dinner, It's this really nice, like, dinner outside. And, you know, we have sparkly twinkle lights and, like, bubbles. And we all take fun photos together. And we have little crowns that we wear. And then the men, who are going to be male counselors, go on a man hike. Which is literally, like, they all just are shirtless. And they hike up this huge, muddy hill. Sometimes they get injured. This huge muddy hill. And then they all, like, have a barbecue and play football. (laughs) And that was the environment 
environment I was putting myself in. And like, no wonder it took me so long to figure out gender identity because I was in such a binary environment that I idolized for so long that I was like, well, it's a woman's journey and a man hike. And like, that's normal. And that's totally valid. And like, et cetera. And that was not a healthy environment for someone that's transgender to be in at that age. And I just, I think about that now of like, oof, oh, that makes me cringe. But besides the point, that entire summer, I wanted so badly to be a good counselor. And I, I, I was, but I was for sure distracted and could have poured more of my heart into it. I wasn't the greatest um, partnership to my other counselors. I was really focused on myself and being a good counselor that I didn't amplify their voices when they deserved to be amplified. I really focused on like me being a better counselor than like everyone else at camp, which is just not fair. I also so desperately started dating a boy that I said I was going to marry and then we broke up a, two weeks after camp. Um, and that whole summer I was just living in a blur of like wanting so badly to be included and not being included. Like I wasn't asked to be in a chapel till week eight because no one knew I could sing and no one asked me to, even though I had told people I could because I didn't have close enough friendships with people for them to be like, you know what, Soph can sing, let's invite them to do chapel with us. It was, it was a very uncomfortable situation. And so I finished that summer feeling really depleted, but really encouraged. And I went to college and I had my interview for the second summer. And in that second summer, uh, the the interview that we had was basically like, okay, what can we improve on, et cetera, okay. And I had to reach out to camp staff to be like, hi, um, everyone else is getting emails that they can return for a second summer. I was just wondering like, if, if I was invited to return for a second summer. They were like, oh yeah, we're so sorry we didn't send you an email. Of course you are. So I go back for a year two. Summer too. And I'm feeling really fulfilled and so excited because instead of being in a cabin with three people in leadership, I'm partnered with my friend Jordan, who I absolutely love and adore and still do. And I still love the um, my two friends that were counselors with me my first summer too. I want to clarify that. But I, yeah, different environments, different, yeah. So I, I'm partnered with Jordan and I'm super excited because it's just the two of us and we're supposed to be there all summer together like no one's taking a vacation because if you take a vacation for a week you get a different counselor um and it's just it sometimes messes with the dynamic etc and so I am so deeply trying to be a better counselor I tell myself I'm not gonna date boys when I'm working there and then I start to date a boy that I get too focused on I'm depleted And I walked over Jordan wholeheartedly. And we've had this conversation of like, I was so desperate to be a second year counselor and like prove something to Jordan who had never been at camp before. So I was like, oh, you've never been at camp and you're going to be a counselor. Like I got to show you everything when I like really should just let her learn things for herself. And I desperately wanted to do better. And by trying so hard, I did worse. (laughs) I tried so hard to fit in with other counselors. I tried so badly to um, be the loud, fun counselor in the cabin. And I just, I made people not feel comfortable. And I was a good counselor. I'd like to say, like, I loved my campers and I think my campers mostly loved me. But I just, I was faking it because at this point I'm recognizing my sexuality and I'm like, I can't share that with people. But what also destroyed me is like, the environment I was put in 
was not healthy, okay? I was being judged on who I was dating. Like, camp leadership were, leadership were, like, judging that. I was being judged on my decisions that I disclosed with people on sexuality um, that then made it to camp leadership staff, which is not appropriate. Um, your boss should not know your sex life, <laughs> case in point. Um, but it's a Christian place, so, you know, everyone knows everything because we're all just taking care of each other and spreading the joy of the Lord to, yeah, etc. So, I wasn't in a good environment and I reflect now of like a big reason why I didn't come out sooner is I was just being told that like there are two genders this is this this is this this is this and boys and girls like each other etc and I now look back of like oh I idolized the camp counselors that I had because I had crushes on them. I didn't want to be them. I manifested that into like oh I just want to be like I know I had crushes on them and the worst part is I think a big reason that I wasn't the camp counselor I wanted to be is because I wasn't out. I wasn't queer. I was dating men that I didn't even like just to prove a point. And the whole entire time I had crushes on like my friends that I was working with. The people and I just I couldn't say anything because God forbid, you know, everything's gendered and like how dare a female counselor have a crush on another female counselor because you guys are in such intimate um environments together when like it's it's not fair and it's not inclusive. And goodness forbid I had a camper that um, now is not binary and like didn't feel comfortable saying that. That breaks my heart. And I was fostering, I was part of the issue. I was fostering this environment of Christianity, inclusive, etc. Like I love everyone. But like the camp wasn't preaching that. I was trying to like show that it could be inclusive when it, it wasn't. It wasn't a healthy environment. And I look back now of like, Oh, okay. And so I finished that summer so badly thinking I did better. And I apply for my third summer. It was going to be my final summer, third summer, leadership maybe. And I was like, you know what? We're going to apply. And I had my interview and I thought it went pretty well. But we did address like, you know, this is third summer. As a third summer camp counselor, you're put on a pedestal. You've been here two years. You should know the ropes. Like other camp counselors will start to idolize you. Like, are you prepared for that? I came out as bisexual and I was like, yes, of course I'm prepared for that. I'm not saying that that's the only reason I didn't get the job, but I for sure think that for sure had an impact on my environment. And I had the whole interview and they shared with me like, okay, we'll let you know. So then we had a summer staff reunion where it, not summer, yeah, a summer staff reunion in the winter. So this was like a week or two after I had my interview and I go and I visit all the people I had worked with that summer and we all have a really great weekend and we're talking and they're all telling me like, yeah, I got invited back for a third summer. I was like, when did you get invited back? They're like during my interview. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so exciting. They kept asking like, are you going to come back for a third summer? I was like, well, I hope so. And they were all confused. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of confused too. What the heck's going on? So I, I left camp, um, after that winter reunion, like, wow. Okay. I love camp with my whole heart. Like, I can't wait to come back for a third summer. I can't wait to send my kids to camp. I can't wait to marry a man at this camp, etc. And I hadn't heard anything. And then everyone was posting, like, the positions they got on Instagram. Like, yay, camp, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's going on? So I, me, had to send an email 
to the summer staff director saying hi and it breaks my heart I still have this email and I can't read it because it just it breaks me I so desperately send this email like hi it's so I'm just checking to see like if you have any updates of if I'll be invited back for a third summer because I was trying to plan if I had internships etc and uh three days go by and I get an email saying I'm so sorry we don't think that you're prepared to be a third year counselor we don't think you have the responsible qualities etc and that destroyed me when I tell you I uh, was mad at the world I was mad at everything that walked I was so upset that I had devoted so much of my time and energy in two summers and devoted energy to about 200 campers that I lived with that I and I had parent letters of people telling me what a great counselor I was and how their kids were so excited to talk about me when they came home I was like okay um this sucks and screw this environment I was I was mad and I remember reading that email over and over and I remember texting my coworkers, and they were not happy either because they were like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying I was perfect, but if you saw the other people that were getting invited back to camp and I wasn't, I was very confused and it sucked. And to see the people that were invited back and me not being invited back destroyed me. And I don't think a lot of people that I worked with, like, why I didn't come back for the third summer. I know there was gossip of like, oh yeah, did you hear so if wasn't invited back? But like, no, I, the, the worst part is I had to reach out for my own rejection. And how long would they have been keeping me around? Like keeping me wondering. And that's something that I just breaks my heart of like me devoting so much time to an organization that didn't even have the common, you know, courtesy of emailing me my rejection when everyone else got acceptance. That's not cool. The worst part is, after all of this, I spent a year being so mad, so pissed, so upset, and I went through so much rejection, and I still applied to work another summer at camp. That whole summer, I watched all of my friends, like, all of my friends be third-year counselors, post Instagrams, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't get to be there. And I worked as a manager of Victoria's Secret and babysat. And I was destroyed that this was a summer that, like, I didn't, I didn't get, you know? Like, that sucks. And I went to college my senior year and I graduated. And I was like, you know what? Before I get a, a big kid job, I'll apply one more time to camp. Because a lot's happened this year. I've gone to Christian college, you know. I, I'm in charge of the worship band, et cetera, et cetera. And I applied and they're like, oh, we're so like impressed that you want to come back after like taking some time. Um, you're really showing a lot of mature qualities. And I got nothing, no emails. And I had to reach out to get my second rejection email. And at this point I'm loud and I'm queer and I'm LGBTQ. And that sucked because I was so excited to be an open queer person on camp campus and talk about it and have conversations with campers that might be in that boat and be proud of Christianity and my queerness and I got my second rejection only because I reached out to them the worst part is I got rejected and then they proceeded to post on their Instagram multiple times do you want to be a camp counselor we still need resident camp counselors we still need female camp counselors we still need and I was like well you didn't fucking hire me and that sucked. 
that was like the the worst hit in the gut of like, well, I'm sorry, we're rejecting you. Um, and the best part is when I applied <laughs> um, this last time, I got an email from a different, this was a new camp director. And I got an email from him stating, I'm so sorry, we actually don't have any room based on how late you've applied. I apologize and we'll keep you in mind for opportunities. But then two days later, they posted on their Instagram saying they needed camp counselors. So that's some bullshit. And that is um, my experience as a Christian camp counselor. Now I'm going to just tell a little bit of some stories, etc. But I want to have this conversation with people that are holding on for dear life to organized religion that's making you feel accepted but not fully accepted. It's making you feel like you have a place at the table but only if you're not this, this, and this. You have a place at this table if you don't come out. You have a place at this table if you say you practice purity culture. You have a place at this table. Everyone was underage drinking. Everyone wasn't practicing purity. People were literally having sex in their car on their nights off, okay? But don't say anything about it. Preach to these campers that you're perfect. Don't let them follow you on Instagram unless you're going to make sure you don't post drinking photos on college campuses, etc. And I just, it, it, it destroyed me to see, uh, these, these campers idolize these counselors and maybe some campers even idolized me in this behavior that was completely false and not the true narrative. And I understand protecting children from like hard conversations but to know that I clung so deeply onto this perfect narrative my counselors were portraying that obviously wasn't them, but I didn't know better at the age of 13. And to see how deeply I wanted to become them to then realize like, oh, they probably weren't doing everything that they said they were, that sucks. And that's a lot of beef that I have with um, organized religious communities too. Like portraying this stereotype of, yes, I practice this. Yes, I do this. Yes, I believe this. But not actually backing it up or doing it. That is such a toxic thing that as people, we cling on to stability. We cling on to beautiful narratives. We cling on to the straight and narrow. And so when people diff, like dive off that path, we need to be there to support that, okay? And so to know that I'm very happy to say I do know some people working at camp that identify as queer, but I don't know if camp's ready to have that conversation. And, you know, they, they will include them in the narrative, but will they actually talk about it? Will they support them in proudly being? I don't know. And I look back now of, like, that is a huge reason I didn't get to the point I'm at until so late in the game until the age of 23 and now going through all this religious deconstruction and trauma transparently of recognizing that um, I for sure was in a form of a cult. And to know that um, accountability partners were also like a thing is something I want to talk about. So yeah. What is an accountability partner you might ask? Well, in Christian environments, you are told that you should wait till marriage and practice purity culture. What happens is that you are often given an accountability partner, which means you have talked to someone in camp, like camp leadership, etc., or Christian like leadership. I'm not going to say that camp does this, but you know. Um, and you're given an accountability partner, 
which means that that accountability partner has a boyfriend and you have a boyfriend and you both are hope and like practicing purity culture so you will not differ like not have sex bluntly and so you have an accountability partner in the fact that you can now text her if something slips up if maybe you guys almost almost did this or you did this or you were close to it etc you can text her and say oh my gosh I can't believe I like did this how are you feeling how are you doing and you can talk about it and make sure that you guys stay on the straight and narrow and so to know that that um, atmosphere was supported, I'm not going to say it happened, it didn't happen, but it was something that was, you know, supported in the Christian community is something that for sure destroyed me and recognizing now I had a crush on my accountability partner more than I ever did the boyfriends that I was dating that I was, you know, given. <laughs> organized religion is just wild. And so I recognize now that I've put myself in a lot of cult-like environments and camp was one of them and I don't want to say I'm giving up camp because there's so much of my heart that's like I saw the beauty camp did for me I was that kid that needed camp more than ever and the world does need camp kids need camp I fully believe that camp made me a wonderful outspoken individual that knows quite a lot of random facts and information and needed that support system when I had it I'm so thankful for it but camp also impacted me in a lot of negative ways. And I don't think we talk about the negative. It also breaks my heart that I so badly wanted to have a husband and have children sent to camp. And I will never be sending my child to that camp. Camp still reaches out for my finances, etc. I mean, who can blame them, right? Like, I spent a lot of my time there. And I do have a love for that place. I do. And I have a huge love for... YMC organizations. I I passionately do and I love the work that they do. But there's just a big part of me that knows that as a queer person and how I felt like a lot of my identity was just silenced, not because it wouldn't have been accepted, just because no I had no representation of me. And it was just a very like mindset of like everyone does this, so you should do this in order to like fit in. But yet diversity was quote-unquote cherished, really just wasn't good for me. And as someone that was vulnerable, I clung on to, like, what was normal, quote-unquote. And I recognize now, like, being normal is not what I want to (laughs) be. And I'm so thankful that I'm not in that environment anymore. I'm just a very gendered place, too. And recognizing that, like, for safety reasons it should be is not appropriate and recognizing like oh blue like blue blue is for boys and pink is for girls god forbid they're purpling like what happens if there's two girls that like each other are they pink like come on now okay and like purpling oh no how dare that it just it was not a good environment to cultivate anything that was other than straight cisgendered people and for me as a person I recognize now like I can't keep doing that. (laughs) Absolutely not. And I'm proud of the person I am now. And it breaks my heart to like leave that part behind me. But I do want to share it because I think that uh, queer representation is incredibly important in straight cisgendered environments in order to break past that. And so I'm very thankful and proud to know friends that are at camp and doing the work and doing more than I think I ever could because I just didn't have the courage to be anything other than quote unquote normal. At the same time, I just wanted to talk about the fact that I tried so hard to be composed and put together in such a messy brain I was feeling with so many different emotions. And it's a part of me that I think 
a lot of people resonate with and, you know, Christianity, being queer, having crushes on camp counselors and <laughs> recognizing maybe that was your queer experience and I appreciate all of y'all and listening to this and hearing me out here and know that you in your faith journey are allowed to be wherever you're at. If you don't believe in God whatsoever, that is welcome here. Know that if you are unsure about faith because of a situation similar to this, that is valid too. I had a lot of time of just being mad at camp and being mad at God because I found God at camp. And that was something that was really hard to reconcile. Like, how do I have a faith-based relationship when camp is where I feel God's presence the most? And now what do I do that that's been taken away from me? I got to figure out my religion. (laughs) And so I want you all to know that I'm thankful for you. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Please feel free to message me. Let me know how you're feeling about this podcast, how you're doing this week. I love to hear all of your you know, responses, etc. I have an Instagram for this account too, but you also have my personal account on here. My name is Soph. I'm a 23 non-binary queer lesbian. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening. Bye!